Hello, and welcome to the B-Team Podcast. My name is John Macy. Tonight I am joined by Milos. Hello. Hello, hello. And we are here for another installment of the TARDIS Chronicles to review the third and final 60th anniversary special starring David Tennant and Catherine Tate, titled The Giggle. Uh, Kind of an unfortunate title, but otherwise I enjoyed this quite a bit. Um, So obviously... We'll get into this a little bit, and this does actually involve the the transition to the 15th Doctor, Shudi Gatwa, um, which we'll get into at the end. And uh, so then after this one, we will be closing this down for a couple weeks before the 2023 Christmas special, The Church on Ruby Road, which will be the next thing we'll end up doing for this. So, um, you, you had talked about... Um, offline i think when we weren't actually recording that um these these episodes were pretty much cut together in such a way that you could almost watch this in one sitting if you wanted to uh, uh, one episode basically one big episode yeah. you know yeah, it really episode. it hit me watching the third one it really is like each one picks up from where the last one left off essentially and and other than you know, stated two-parters or whatever during the regular show. They don't often do that. Like, the last run of specials that Tenant had that culminated with End of Time, like, that didn't do that. He had four specials, and they were all kind of separate, you know? So I thought it was interesting that this one, they just kind of ran it as one thing. Um, so we'll get into the plot. I ha- I did have a chance to watch this twice, so hopefully my memory of the plot will be pretty good. This is actually also pretty uh, straightforward, uh, anyhow, plot-wise. So um, let's get into it then. Uh, so this picks up right from where the last, from where Wild Blue Yonder left off, where they go back to London, and there's you know insanity in the streets and stuff. Although no, you have the actually no, I get I I'm wrong. They start with the sequence in 1925. I assume that was that was England, most likely. Um, yeah. So you see, you see a guy go into a like a toy shop and buy um, a doll called Stooky Bill, which the name I don't know if the name actually matters or not. Uh, but the shop is run by a character played by Neil Patrick Harris, who has a pretty over-the-top German accent. Um, and so, you know, they talk about how the the guy that this guy works for is inventing television, and they go to, like, a studio, and they're taking shots of this doll to, like, broadcast it, and the uh, with all the massive heat lamps and stuff that are, that are present, the doll eventually lights on fire, and you just kind of hear it have this, like, demented laugh that I don't think is actually happening, but it's supposed to represent something. Um, then we get the uh, title sequence, which, you know, they've introduced a new title sequence for these specials, and hopefully they'll just keep it and just change the names, because um, I really like this the sequence. I'd hope they wouldn't just change it again already. Um, and uh, so um, then, we get, then we get the modern thing where it's basically the doctor and Donna picking up from where the previous one left off where they're back in London and the streets are just insane. And he's trying to figure out what is this? Everybody's just kind of, you know, running around cars, just 
going around and anarchy just everywhere. And um, a unit helicopter shows up to pick them up, get them out of it. And she insists that her that Wilf be put safely somewhere, which uh, you assume they do. We don't see Cribbins again, unfortunately. As we mentioned well, last week, they didn't they did really... They did say we're never going to see him, so... Yeah, they did the say second that... second episode it, is the only one where we actually got him. Yeah, that they didn't have um, any other film stuff that they that they had done with him other than what we saw last week. So um, so they go to the unit headquarters building, which is a really cool building design, although I, I have to think they were leaning heavily on Avengers Tower. Tower for some Yeah, <laughs> but it was really cool. And then, you know, they get there, and um, Kate Lethbridge-Stewart appears, played by Gemma Redgrave. It was nice to see her with Tenet again, by the way, too. I really yep. enjoyed that. Yep. Um, oh, the so moment. She, uh, so I'm watching this with my sister, and the moment when mm-hmm. she shows up, and the way she walks to the doctor, we were both like, "Oh, she's gonna slap. She's gonna slap." <laughs> oh no, nope. She just hugs him. That's the like, way. Oh she, my god, she walks. Yeah, like, the way yeah. she walks towards him. She was like, "She has something. She's gonna slap him." Oh, she looks like she's gonna slap him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So she basically explains that. Two days prior, everyone on Earth started going insane. So, uh, basically, the short version of this is, you know, everyone on Earth thinks whatever their opinion is 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 correct, and everyone else is wrong, and it leads to just basically yep. general anarchy. And I had a moment of like, and you know, I try generally not to, and we've talked about this on many shows that I try generally not to look at the politics and things like this because I I personally use a lot of this stuff for escapism and I get enough of that stuff on a daily basis and like newscasts and just life yeah. in general. Like yeah. I don't I don't I don't look for that kind of stuff in, in these things. I try to avoid it generally speaking. And um when they started going on about, you know, keyboard warriors and shit, I was just like, oh man, is this gonna be Davies commenting on the whole Trump thing? Oh God. Um, and dude, when and, they showed you know, that, when they showed like all the world leaders going insane and everything, dude, the American yeah. guy was like perfect Trump, and I was like, I don't need this here, man. I, I can turn on the I TV was and get they, plenty of it. Yeah, I was wondering if they were gonna bring back Chris Noth from the Whitaker period and say he was president, uh, but um, it, it was it was an aspect of it, but it wasn't enough where I was like. You know, because it, it comes up in that one scene, and then the Neil Patrick Neil Patrick Harris character makes a general reference to it later, but it's not like the whole thing's not covered in Trump allegory and stuff. So I was okay. No, of course not. Um, yeah. So, um, so they figure out that Unit has a way to. Um, it's like a signal that um, that is going out somewhere. And uh, they have like this pattern of like spikes that, you know, they've they've noticed. And Unit has come up with like an armband that if you wear it, it keeps it out of your brain and you're normal. But and the doctor says to Kate, he's like, why don't we just give this to everyone? And she goes, you really think that would work? And, you know, they they throw up somebody on TV yeah. who's gone gone about how awful it is, you know. And yeah. this is when I was and still kind of like. Oh, 
Yeah, I was just like, oh, God, get me out of here. Like, move this to something else so I don't have to sit here and think about this. Um, but, yeah, Donna eventually figures out that the the wave thing is like a musical pattern of a certain pattern of notes that uh, actually matches the... If you're paying attention, you notice it matches the lap that the doll had. And as they go, as they they continue to go back and forth. Um, now, let me ask you another question. As I stop here and think about this, how much? Now, you haven't watched anything prior to Eccleston, generally, right? Yeah, I know. Okay, because I was trying to figure out if that giant robot thing that was in Unit, the Vlinks, was actually a thing from something prior or not. I not that, that I'm aware of. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty neat though. You can that's another case of like you can tell where the Disney money is going. Uh because Well and he was, was uh, voiced by uh Nicholas uh, Briggs. Oh really? Okay. Yeah he yeah. usually does like the when he first and... when he when he first yeah. When he first started talking I was like is uh Tennant doing his voice? Because like at first it sounded like Tennant was doing his voice. And then he came from yeah. and was like, Oh, it's Briggs. Yeah, yeah. They, so they, 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 you know, they found a way to bring him in. Oh yeah, they find a way. Mm-hmm. Like he's there, of course, as the voice of the Daleks and the Cybermen. So bringing him in, finding a role for him, even outside of Cybermen and Daleks, was a good thing. And I loved when when they first get to Unit and the the chick in the wheelchair comes back. Uh, yeah, early right, and uh, I love that. You know, and there's. This was a fairly serious episode, generally speaking, but there there were moments of humor in it, obviously. And this is low hanging fruit, but I love that bit where <laughs> where uh, where he says, you know, uh, Shirley starts going on about something, and he just goes, "Shirley, you can't be serious," because it just made me think of air uh, of airplane. Yep. Uh, you know, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Not the, Don't call me Shirley. It's not the exact line, but it's close enough. It automatically made me oh, think yeah. of airplane. So, um, so they realize eventually after some science talk and everything, some really cool science talk actually. I rather enjoyed it. Um, yeah, the doctor figures out that there's been a signal uh, secretly buried in all television broadcasts that were was like putting this musical pattern in people's heads. And at a certain point, it would start to drive them crazy. Um, so they go back yeah, to... Yeah, and it was 19- made in a way that basically they inputted it into the television signal itself for the screens. Yeah. And basically yeah, what, happened to set the, what happened to oh, set right. the whole thing off was that North Korea launched a satellite and that was basically the last link in the chain where all the Earth is now connected. Oh right, yeah, whatever. Exactly what it was, and there's a big, there's a lot of dialogue about that, and I sort of like, I think I missed that part of it. Like it was, it had been. I just thought he was waiting for a specific time. I did. I I think I missed the fact that the North Korean satellite like completes the network and then it's everywhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and now the whole world is connected. Yep. So, I should also mention, and this will mean more to people who have seen way more classic Who than you and I have. That working for Unit is Mel, a former companion, I believe, of Colin Baker, played by Bonnie Langford. Um, yeah, she was also really good in this too, and I have no experience with that character at all. 
And I was actually... This, this kind of goes back to the Companions AA meeting. Where Katie yeah. oh, basically yeah. like, hey, I'm, yeah. I'm going to call some of you up. You know? What if she this was is, in that this scene? Is, this is, yeah, she was in that scene. Because so, okay. this is the third previous companion uh, that came to work for UNIT. And not to mention that she actually offered Donna a job. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. At one point after the Donna figures out the music thing, uh, she's like, would you, would you be interested in working here or something? And, you know, she tells her what the compensation package would be. And it was like 50, 50 grand a year and, and whatever. 60. And then it was 60 grand a year. Okay. And Donna's like, Don make it 120 and I'll do it. And five, five weeks vacation and I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, deal. Yeah, just give me the unit spinoff with Donna, Kate, and Shirley. That'd be fun. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, they decide to go back to uh, 1925, which is where they, they figure out that was where the first broadcast was, um, which was, which leads back to, you know, the stuff we saw at the beginning. And then um, the... They get the idea to, you know, because he, he immediately thinks, let's go to the studio and figure this out. But then he says, oh, wait a minute. Because uh, they talk about the doll thing in unit. Yeah. And then he goes, the broadcast is fine, but where did this doll come from? So then that leads to the, the toy shop with the Neil Patrick Harris guy. And the doctor, once they go in there, immediately reacts badly. He's like, Donna, get out of here now. Um because he knows immediately. Uh, I, I looked it up, and that's the same thing the first doctor said. Yeah. Back, uh, when they introduced the toy maker. He's yep. The same thing he told his companion. Okay. Uh, yeah, so what you find out is that this is a character called the toy maker, who is like an extra-dimensional being and had previously encountered the first iteration of the doctor played by William Hartner. William Hartnell. Hartner dumbass uh there's actually a flash of william hartnell in the scene uh just i think to and the original toy maker and the yeah. guy who played it originally yeah um so she donna being donna of course doesn't do that and then they go charging after the guy not. and uh they end up trapped in some like pocket dimension that he has you know um and so they're running around these hallways and the doctor goes into a room where like the guy who bought the original doll is like turned into a marionette and it was really fucking creepy. Like I don't, oh, you know, just yeah, the, the way they sequence when they're going through the rooms. Yeah. Creepy. Yeah. Like the way they did the effects on all that stuff was just really fucking creepy to me. Um, oh yeah. And then you see Donna, she's in a room with like, you know, what they essentially call another doll that's like Stooky Bill's wife. And it has like these creepy doll babies that are all attacking her. And it, it actually was like really effectively creepy to me. Um, and then I did like her whole thing because the, the wife speaks in rhyme all the time. And Donna gets fed up and she's like, hello, my name is Donna. And I think that you're a, gon a goner before she slams it off a wall. Um, and yeah, so and then the they, baby's just so bad. Yep. So then they get back together. They find each other again in this weird hallway thing. 
and there's ba- they're basically confronted by the toy maker again, and he goes through a whole like puppet show of all the companions from the Matt Smith and Capaldi periods. Uh, so Amy gets mentioned, um, Clara gets mentioned, and Bill uh, are all mentioned as the toy maker basically puts it across as like, oh, these are all people that he got killed after you left. Um, yeah. And they, you know, in a in a manner of speaking, they did all die, but he was not responsible for any of their deaths, really. Um, so after that, they have a, you know, he challenges, the toy maker challenges him to another game, and they basically do the thing where they sit down and, like, play the high card game where one of them cuts a, cuts a deck of cards and whoever has the high card wins. Um, the toy maker wins that. And then be, so they're not all fucked. Uh, tenant invokes the best of three rule and says, well, we got to do another one then because, you know, but the toy maker goes, why don't we go back to 2023? We'll do it there. So they go back to unit. And I have to say too, this was only we had talked. I can't remember if it was on the last show or in some of the uh, stuff before and after. I had kind of thought that this thing was going to be, you know, usually the last episodes of a run. Even though this doesn't really count as a run, I don't think these three episodes that Tenant has done. Usually the last ones tend to be longer, and I was kind of hoping this would be ninety minutes or whatever. This is like sixty-two minutes total. And it moves really well. Um, it's longer. It's longest of the three, but at the same time, it's not too long, which I, I like. The, the, yeah, that's it the whole emphasis. I think there are. I think at some point when the whole aired, as they did now, the emphasis is like going to watch them back to back to back. In that case, you don't yeah. need them to be. It's still three hours between three of them, so you don't really yep. need them to be extra long. And again. The pacing on it is really good. Yep, it is like you said, it is the longest of the three, but it's not overly long. Um yeah. so yeah. So they go back to unit and we I sort of didn't mention because I didn't really think it was that important compared to a lot of the character stuff, but unit has like a giant laser gun that they that they end up using to take out that that North Korean satellite to kind of break up this network. So then uh oh. They go back. They go back to the the like rooftop helipad thing at unit, and the the toy maker has is in control of the laser gun, and um and he's having a you know they're talking about the third game and whatever, and have I I haven't missed anything of significance up to now, right? Because here's where it gets kind of wibbly. Um, mm, no, not really. I think you pretty much covered it. Okay. Basically, at some point starting... when. After he, after the doctor invokes the rule of three, you know the best out of three. Uh, the toy maker actually lets him get back to the TARDIS because at that point he catches him trapped in the in the pocket universe thing. Yep. Uh, the and one thing like, I will okay, mention: if you're doing three, then we're changing the venue, and they run off, go back back to present time, where he shows up. And basically, yep. Doctor just tries to explain everything to Kate as fast as possible, because yep. he knows the toy maker is coming. Yep. And so, I will say this: when he pops up in the present time, the Spice Girls singing—it's just oh, the Spice that Girl whole thing scene. Is, 
That was great. That whole scene I mean, was bonkers. Yeah. Man. Yep. Like, he he shows yeah. up in he shows up in unit with that with the that Spice Girls song playing and he's just dancing around like all the soldiers that shooting flowers out of their guns. It was really I mean State's initial instinct is just shoot to die. Like no it's not taken, gonna work. At first I was almost kinda taken out of it because this show never uses like pop music that I can recall. And I was just like, oh what is well, what it are goes they doing? Back to, you know what oh. you know what the last great musical number was? The master thing from didn't the master have something? Yeah. Oh yeah. Sputin. Yep. But I mean when it that started was I was that was also, we never we, I don't think we ever brought that up in there. No, I think we kind of skipped over doctor, that. But that, yeah. that was another premium one. It was really funny. Um, yeah. But yeah, when, when it started, I was kind of like, oh, no. And then I realized, oh, wait, this is completely insane. This is great. Like, this is exactly what a character like this would do. Um, yeah. Then he, you know, he kind of wrecks unit on the inside, and then the, he takes over the laser gun thing, and they have a whole confrontation outside where he's like, the doctor or Tennant's version of the Doctor, at least, is uh, goes back to one of his standard things where, and I kind of explained this to Corey because the only uh, Tennant things she's seen are the end of time and these three. He's not as familiar with the Tennant version of the character as you and I would be. So I was like, yeah, a regular thing that he tries to do is like, first to rehabilitate these, these like villain people. Um, I was kind of reminded of like he did with the master where he was like, why can't we just go like, I'll just show you the universe and maybe you won't be nuts, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So I was kind of reminded of that. And then, you know, there's a whole big speech about like, you know, the toy maker is like, yeah, I could do that, but I really like humanity because they kind of just feed my, you know, constant need for games and competition and stuff. And there was a little more, like, um, politicizing about, like, you know... But I thought this was just, like, general comment on society more, like... Because he was just like, yeah, everybody's oh, yeah. kind of, like... Everybody's kind of, like, disconnected, and they, you know... They yell at They're each at other. Yeah, so it wasn't anything where I was like, oh, Davey's clearly taking a position here. This is just, like, general commentary on society, which sci-fi is supposed to do, so fine. Um... So he says, yeah, okay. Yeah, come off as some office or, you know, preaching or yep. kidding you over the head. So he says, okay, if I'm going to do this third game, then I've got to, I've got, you know, I, I played our first game with a much earlier version of you. I played our second game with you. And if I'm going to do the third, I got to do it with the next version of whatever you're going to be. So then before anything happens, I paused Disney Plus on my PlayStation 5 turned to Corey and said, I have to see how much of this is left. Right? So then I get to the I get to the counter thing that says like 15 minutes. I'm like, okay. So then he shoots him with the laser gun. He shoots Tenant with the laser gun. And I was just like, oh my god, they're gonna do this now. They're gonna, you know, because, yeah. you know, our, our understanding as longtime fans is that you know they're gonna do some sort of regeneration thing from tenant to gotwa and i'm like i'm thinking to myself fuck they're gonna do this now and then tenant's not gonna be in the last 15 minutes of this thing 
and Gott was going to have to deal with this situation by himself, uh, or, like, having no clue what's going on. Um, so then he shoots him, you start, you start the regeneration effect, it's not as drawn out as the initial tenant one at, during end of time, but, I mean, it had its moments. Um, Mel and Donner are there, and the, the gold effect starts, and then it just, like, it's time, this is happening now, I guess I just have to deal with it. Um, so it starts, and then it stops. And Corey and I kind of looked at each other and went, what the fuck? Um, and then he goes... Pretty much the same reaction I had. Yeah, and then Donna and Mel are on each on one side of him, and he goes, uh, could somebody just pull on my arms, please? And they're like... Yeah, this feels what? different. Yeah. Yeah, he says this it feels different this time. Somebody just pull, please. And so they do that, and basically uh Shudi Gatwa springs out of him as a separate person. Um so there are two of them in the same place now. And uh I think both times I didn't really notice this when and Corey mentioned it the first time, but I we watched this twice. Like I said, we watched it on air date, which was okay. Saturday. And then uh, Monday, I did not notice this the first time, even though she pointed it out, because I was trying to focus on the particulars of it. Um, that one wasn't wearing any pants, which I thought was, yep. which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, um, he was, he was in his tidy whities Yeah, I think you're supposed to believe that they somehow, as a result of it, like split clothes, but they were both wearing shirts, which I thought was kind of weird. Um. So, yeah, yeah. I, Suddenly, it was it was crazy thing. I was like, he really right. minded because he's just a doctor. Just like, yeah, yeah. yeah he's not wearing any pants. It's all right. Yeah. Um. And my initial so, reaction is like, my initial reaction when that happened when they pulled him apart and you got two of them. It's like, yep. Filmmakers kind of screwed because now he gets to play against two doctors. Like, his chances of winning when he was just very iffy. Now there's two of them. Like. You can't win that. Yeah. No, and I, I was just... I had thought they might do something like this. not Maybe not in this way, but like that they might do... I was hoping they would do something where you would see the two of them together. Um, and I was just happy uh, that you, I... You've been saying it all three. Yeah. But I was... Because I was just... I was really happy that they actually did that. And when it actually happened, I was just dying laughing. Like, I was... That's That's great. Um, there's a whole, you know, there's some stuff, like, there's some dialogue about, you know, Donna's like, you come in multiple colors now, and he just goes, yeah. Um, and Corey, Corey asked me, she's like, is that, is that, like, racist on Donna's part? I said, no, I think that's just a way to acknowledge that he's the first black person to play the role. Like, I think they wanted to get it out there, you know? And it's also Donna's, it's also Donna's character. Like she, yeah. she was, she was one hundred thousand percent to say something like that. It's not like she said some some British derogatory term for a black guy, or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they they basically, uh, and there was a reference to this at the beginning, where like the toy maker when he's in the shop in nineteen twenty five is explaining to the guy that buys the doll that the the ball was the first game made in the world. So it's basically the three of them playing a game of catch, which I also thought was pretty funny because they're basically just hucking a ball around. Um, 
do that, there's some, you know, some barrel rolls and all that kind of stuff. And then the, you know, they whip one past the toy maker and and the prize, you know, they they get, you know, the doctor then gets to decide what happens to him then and he says, "Yeah, I just want you to go away forever." Um so that happens and then Yeah, and Tomaker is so in disbelief that he actually lost. Yeah, like I wasn't supposed to lose. What why? How, huh? Um so yeah, so that happens and then Neil Patrick Harris goes away. They did mention in one of the dialogue scenes that he um had faced the master in a game somehow and had him trapped him or her, I guess we've seen multiple versions. Uh, trapped in a gold tooth in his mouth, and then when he disappears, well, that he did it's a him. So oh, he did okay. So that gold tooth it lands is a on him, the... but at the same time, like you never know, you never know what's gonna happen from there. It's the master. Yeah. Gold tooth lands on the roof, and I think Kate picks it up. You just see a hand pick it up at one point, and Corey was just like, "Oh, that means they're gonna do something." in the next year or two where unit accidentally lets him out. And then <laughs> that's going to lead to some bullshit. So yeah, then there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of really cool dialogue scenes between tenant and Gatwa. Like there were a couple moments where I thought he was going to duck out earlier than he actually does. Like when they hug each other at one point, they hug each other and tenant just seems really tired and whatever. And I, I thought, that was going to be this moment where he like reabsorbed him or something. And then that's when he would leave. Um, but they don't do that. And they just, you know, they go back down to the, the unit basement where the TARDIS is and they're just kind of talking and Donna's there and they're kind of trying to figure out the logistics of all this. Like, how are there supposed to be two of us? What do we do? Um, you know, how, how, how do we want to do this? And, um, I think that's this whole thing we didn't bring up inside that like you know at some point I did mention like hey maybe this did kind of answer the question of why he brought his old face back yeah it was basically like uh i forget exactly what the what the explanation was running around like you don't really take any time for, for yourself which was i think yeah you know when you go in back to Ecclestone and like look at every doctor, their main form of dealing with their issues is running away and doing something else. See, like he never yep. saw a doctor as somebody who would stop. He, like, he was always in motion. There was always something going on. It was always hype. Yep. You know, even yep. when Paul came around, was probably the most stoical to of them. Like he always did things slower and, you know, with more measure. If you would, but it's like he never took the time to actually see. Yeah, but he was always you know, he was always moving forward, even process, slow. Yeah, just yeah. process everything that really happened, and like the idea was like, hey, maybe this is it. This is your, yep. you know, the moment that you get to stop, you know, and have a family. And yep, there's and the world because the and the premise was like, if doctor stop, like there's somebody. In who has problems, somebody who's in you know needs help who probably wouldn't get it because doctor needs to be in motion. So he stops. Yep. So the superhero, and this was yep. their way of dealing with the fact, like, hey, now that 
two doctors and one of them can actually rest and the other one can go on. Be that yep. guy who saved the world. Yep. Uh, and at the same time, yeah, I mean, because I, he's the fiend, like he has all the experiences of fourteen. So I don't know yep. exactly how, how that relationship works. But as far yeah. as the whole bi-generation bi thing comes up, like this was, again, generation is something that hasn't really been, I wouldn't say covered, but like it's something that's never been delved into the point where we set boundaries as like this this goes, this doesn't go. Like when Matt, Matt Smith is actually the whole new regeneration cycle, it was weird, but it's like, yeah, they built it in, so it makes sense. And they brought up yep. the timeless child, which I'm again, I totally okay with the timeless child. He's like, yeah, the reason why the whole race of you know, Galarians exists is because of the doctor. Again, I was okay with that. So it's like we never set boundaries of this is how this goes. This is these are the rules of generation. So, like, by generation, why not? You know, you, as long yeah. as you make it work, I'm okay with pretty much anything you're throwing to the show. Yeah, that I was mean, that, that, I, the whole idea. There's the whole idea behind sci fi. You push yep, the boundaries. Like, your mind is your, your, mind is your imagination, is your limit. Yep. It's like if you can I dream guess, it, you can make it. I guess my whole thing, and like, I'm not bothered by it either. I'm sure there will be a, a a certain percentage of the the fan base who wants like the who wants like the Star Trek techno babble explanation of why that happened, why the the reversion to the old face happened. But I don't care. Um, you know, I, I don't think Davies is the kind of writer who wants to do that. And for him, it's more about him. It's more about thematic stuff than like, well, some energy radiation thing caused whatever. And like, I don't give a fuck. Um, it was a it was a good way to rationalize it. A little hand wavy, no more or less than the thing at the end of the Star Beast was. Um, so if that's what you want to do, that's fine. I don't really care. Um, and again, it goes back. This is sci-fi. Sci-fi put it under us. Yeah, and, and I'm uh, okay with that. That's why. That's the whole premise of sci-fi for me. That's why, like, as long as you can explain it, I'm okay with you putting anything into a sci-fi show because that's what it's supposed to be. This is this is how we dream. It's this is what we believe. This is how we see the future as the best of it. The, what it can be if we just let go of whatever's holding back. And it's like, I'm okay with that. That's what's, I yep. think that's something that people stop. That, that was always, when you look at the sci-fi stuff, they always put boundaries. They always did stuff that in the real world, you wouldn't, they would never fly. But it was sci-fi, yeah. so they could explain it away. They could build it in a story where it makes sense. And it showed us how to be, you know, go back, you know, we do track stuff. Go back to track. Yeah. Like, there is a world that exists where there's peace on Earth. You know? Yep. So, sci-fi. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. If I you can bring it and believe it, like, man, put it on the screen. You know? Yeah, it's a larger thing somebody. About like, somebody's going to watch this, and somebody's going to be better for it. Gonna watch yeah. it, they're gonna be inspired. Yep, and that's Absolutely. how you make other great stuff. He has to start something Look good as long as, like, there might be a ton of people who don't agree with anything that happened here, but they want to do that. Believe one person who thinks like gets inspired by watching this and they go on to become something greater. It's like mm. you got to touch one person, Rick. that's all, that's all it is. 
we're going to backtrack for one minute because there's something I want to bring up before we get into the ending. Yep. Um, during that big long dialogue scene between the Doctor and, and Toymaker in the Pocket Universe, the Toymaker mentions there was one person I wasn't willing to play with right now. He who waits. My assumption is that's mm-hmm. going to be whatever he who waits is is going to be the big overarching threat of however long Davies goes on for, however long this second run for Davies is. Um, so my guess is we haven't seen that yet, and that's something that will play out over however many further seasons Davies is going to do. Um, I just wanted to get that on our record for when that comes back later and we completely forget about it. Um <laughs> So uh, we did we did giggle when they bring it up. Yep. Um so at that point, you know, the doctor the, the tenant doctor is all for like the, the relaxation thing, but he's kinda hanging up on like letting go of the TARDIS and stuff, because obviously he spent so much time with it, he's like, Yeah, I don't know if I really want to do that. That's gonna suck. So then Gatwa says, Hey, wait a minute, we're um mm-hmm. what if what if the um, what if the the energies of the toy maker are still around here, and um, yeah, we beat like, him? Hey, we won the game. We get a prize. We beat him, so we both we should both get a prize out of it. And he goes, and this is mine. He pulls a giant Harley Quinn fucking hammer out of the TARDIS, goes out to the outside of it, and smacks it with the hammer, and it just spawns another one. Dude, um, dude, the second. The second he pulls the emerald out, I'm like, he's gonna slap the TARDIS, and there's gonna be two TARDISes. I mark my words, yep. it's gonna happen. And then he pulls the hammer, yep. goes out, and smacks the TARDIS, and I was like, oh, and I was like, yep. You can't yeah. have, like, you have doctors, you got to, you gotta have two of them, man. I stand and say, like, so, I'm, like, I'm too attached to my TARDIS, I'm not letting him go. Yep, so they have some more dialogue and stuff, uh, and it, I just really. I mean, I'm going to say, well, actually, we'll save that for the end, because I, I think the the big thing that we can talk about at the end is, like, exactly what we think of Gotwa, even though it was only 10 minutes or so, but still, I think it's worth talking about. Um, so, Gotwa's going to take his and go out and do stuff, um, and um, he has a jukebox in there, which I thought was really neat. Um, and he he's basically keeping the the uh the set redesign for the the tenant specials he's they're just adding a jukebox um, yeah, i mean that make, makes sense when when the when we got 14th and the you know tardis kind of remade itself it kind of made sense that that was going to yeah, be yeah i mean that was i didn't you think know, disney TARDIS. i didn't think disney was going to pay to redesign it twice in like a year yeah so i figured yeah, exactly. when they when they did the when they did the redesign for the tenant specials, I figured, oh, this is probably the set that Gott was going to have too. Then, because I figured they wouldn't want to do it again. No. Um, so yeah, so he goes flying off to go do whatever he's going to do starting at Christmas, and then um, tenant goes back and and he's, you know, there's a whole thing about there's a whole thing during when they're in. 1925 because Donna knows nothing about Mel because he's never said anything about her. And he, and she basically says, you have all these stories, but you tell them to nobody. 
and he's just like, well, if I spent if I spent all this time telling you about everyone I've ever met, we'd be doing it forever. Um, so I think they to try to show how much you know he sort of needed this break. He's at like a family dinner with like Donna and and the husband and daughter and Wilf is there even though you don't see him and Mel shows up and and he's got the TARDIS in the in the yard like where the shed was in the Star Beast. Um, and he's just telling them stories about a bunch of the stuff he's done, and he mentions uh, taking, I think it was Rose, to Mars at one point, and taking Mel to, like, Gilded Age New York. So he's still doing stuff with it, he's just not, like, out, um, like, saving the universe and stuff, because that's not really his job anymore. And you just get this nice little ending with him. Yeah, and you just get this nice little ending with him of like, you know, now I know what I was fighting all those battles for for all these years to just have this like yeah. with my my best friend and my brother-in-law and and my niece and my and their our crazy aunt Mel, you know. So, I'm wondering too if like that David Tennant hasn't done a fair amount of the the audio stuff. I'm wondering if Disney doesn't pick up on this or if the intent is not for Disney to at some point like give him like spin-off shit um you got to think the audio stuff is going to try to he basically left something tailor made for the audio drama people if they wanted to keep doing stuff with Tenet. Yep. um and it doesn't have to be set in that well, I mean, we did say we did say off screen like you know you don't do this you don't do the by generation unless you actually plan to do future stuff with tenant it's just yeah, a matter of a margin man just because like, you, you can't yeah. have a simultaneous show going with tenant and that one just because people are no. just naturally going to go gravitate toward the tenant but this does give you set you up where you know he, he's still in this world uh he's still here so it's like every time they do want to bring him up they don't have to explain it or rationalize it because yeah, you don't, you be, don't hey, need, he's here. Yeah, you don't need some sort of bullshit sci-fi explanation to bring him back whenever you want to. Yeah, yeah, he's there. Um, yep. I do think they can do that, and I've been hearing about this as a rumor in general, but I do think they can do... I've been hearing that they want to do a spin-off show with Paul McGann. Because he just, you know, he's only has has the one movie and a bunch of the audio stuff, so like that's. I'm actually I'm actually done for that just because that's a yeah. whole different thing to where people. But again, it's still something that you have to set up right. right? Yeah, but I don't think there. But I so, think the uh, difference is honestly. Honestly, I think that there's like really two ways to do it. it like if it yeah. shows up at any point in actual season fifteen or something like. That like I would definitely see that happening, or he actually yep. he just gets a whole new Torchwood kind of thing where they're gonna explain well, what also, he's doing and how he's doing it. You could also set it in whatever time period that movie was in, and then just not yeah yeah yeah. Have it oh, yeah. Again, yeah. they're either gonna tie it into the fifteen, you know, the, the new Doctor, or they're gonna rationalize it as being like, hey, you know, before there was eight. Sorry, before there was ten, there was nine, and you know the war, you know, set it up the war doctor or whatever. Yep. Or actually, so, he's the one who became war doctor. So you know, that so can call it like plot. further, further adventure 
because of the nine doctor or whatever he was. Yep. Eighth. Eighth. I don't yeah. know where he falls on scale. Eighth. He was like, just be like, like yeah. further adventures of the eighth doctor, and it's like, okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. Like, he's the eighth doctor. Yep. Her, he's early years older now, but it's like, it's still a good show. He's still he a still terrific looks good, actor. Though. Like, I'd watch it. Oh, yeah. No, I definitely would. Yeah. When he, show, uh, when he showed up in, in the video, is like, yeah, I can totally see him running around as the doctor again. And yep. honestly, never got a fair look at him. Like, this is what he's the guy who Americans pick. He's our doctor. And honestly, they made yeah, I mean, a good choice. The fact that BBC it. went over with it, I watched the movie. The movie was really fine. Like, yeah, there's, you know, plot holes and gaps, but, you know, that's because they weren't allowed to do a lot of stuff with it. So it's like they had to go certain boundaries. But in product, like at no point did you look at him and be like, he was the bad doctor. No, he's yeah. uh, acting wise, he was great for it. And Eric Roberts as the master, from what I'm told. Yeah. Yeah. Really? You didn't watch it? Uh, no. Well, because the only way to get no. it now is like DVD, and you got to like, it's like, it's not pirated. Like they have legal versions of it. I just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah. Dude, you um, should. And then we go to the Trying to go through all that stuff chronologically, and I've watched the first Hartnell episode. That's just about all I've done. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, yeah we got we got I mean, the plot. Technically, it would be more he he would be more in tie to the new series of the old stuff. Yeah, probably. But, yeah. Um. So yeah, that was a pretty solid episode right there. I I was actually a fan of all three of these. Um, and we'll talk about our impressions of Gotwa to close it out, but um. Well, how would you rank these if you were going to do that? These three? Yeah. Oh. Um. Oh, I don't know. Uh, one, three, two, three, one, two, probably. It's. Yeah, I would probably the thing, go one. The, the second one, the second one is the least favorite, but yeah. it's probably the most. Doctorate of the three. At yeah. the same time, and, the second one has something that none of the other three have, and that's Wilson. And that's a yes. big plus with the two. Yes. So really, oh. like, because the moment the moment he shows up at the end, I'm I I lit up like that moment alone. Like when he turns around, that that moment is magical for me. Always gonna well, be. That, I don't think I'm ever not gonna get gonna... emotional when that happens. So yeah. That leads to the next thing I wanted to bring up, and I don't know if I don't know if I should because this will kill you. But um, <laughs> the TARDIS now ha- the TARDIS now has a wheelchair ramp, right? Yeah. Because they yeah. they man they emphasize showing a wheelchair ramp, and my initial thought was, oh, they're gonna do that so that Shirley can be a companion at some point down the road, which is cool. Um, I also read into that some more and like wanted to find out like what the what the behind the scenes thinking was. That was also because they had written stuff that would have put Wilfred on the TARDIS. Oh, man. And they didn't have a chance to do it. Um, So, yeah, that kind of bummed me out when I saw that today. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I thought that was cool. And I guess now we can close out with... Um, discussion of Gotwa in general. And I gotta say, I mean, I know it's only 10 minutes. 
he was only in the last probably last 10 12 minutes of it but i got to say he was uh so direct... speaking speaking of Graham, uh yeah russell got the idea from the fan actually oh okay cool and the fan and actually... is a youtuber known as the fan the fan is a youtuber known as Terrace or something like that okay. that's why it's the Terrace Ram. I've seen that guy. That's how, like a... that's how the cast cast on set referred to the ramp as a terrorist ramp. Yeah, I think I've seen that guy. He does uh, Doctor Who conjecture videos. Basically, I've I've seen a couple of those. Um, and I forgot what I. Oh, and that ramp actually. You know, we've been to London and we've been in some buildings mm-hmm. that have you know that have those ramps in the front of them, and it just made me think of that, and it was cool. Um, but yeah, to get into Gotwa a little bit, I mean, and I don't know what you're going to say, but because we don't really pre-screen any of this stuff. For me, yeah. he was more fun in 10 minutes than Whitaker was for any of the last three, four years, however long that went on for. Um, so like, I'm guessing in general, a lot of his stuff is going to be lighter. But if this is how he's gonna do that, it. <laughs> I thought he was great. Um, so. so, yeah, it's ten minutes. Uh, I have no complaints. I really don't. I yeah. think the moment, the second he popped off, the energy he gave off was on point. He was uh, doctorish. And I think a big part of that, he, the, the main question, because the big part of that was playing off of Tenant, because I think yeah. generally having Tenant on screen, if you're playing off of him, you're going to come off greater than you are. It's uh, uh, right. to, to draw a basketball. Yeah, the, to draw a basketball analogy, Larry Bird, when he was president of the operation for the, the Pacers, he once said, but he's never gonna. He would never, when he asked why he wasn't, he wouldn't trade for any of LeBron's teammates. He was like, "I would never do that just because everybody plays with him looks better than they are." So you know, the same thing is with Tennant. I think everybody who's on set with him is gonna look better than they are just for the fact that he's one of them. You know, he's there. Same goes for Tate. Yep. I think Don, you know yep. Donna's amazing. As you know, Catherine Tate is a fantastic actor. It's like when you. On set with great actors like that, you can't really look bad because they're gonna cover any faults that you have, and you're oh, automatically yeah. gonna raise your game. And yeah. the question mark is like the big thing with Whitaker was like you had the feeling that she never found herself until the end. Like he just took way long. She was the one who ran around, but all the yep. run around almost seemed aimlessly. It wasn't. All the doctors run around, but with most with the other doctors, it's direct. He has a cause. He has a. There's a reason why they do it. But he just felt like she was moving around for the sake yeah. of moving around. So yep. my thing is, we got twice. If he can find his doctor straight off the bat, I think it's going to be great. I think what I see here is enough to show me that I think. I, I wrote it in our Discord. Like, I think the show is in good hands with him as a doctor. I think Davis yep. is going to give him a lot clearer picture than 
about Chino Gabe Whitaker. I, I think he's going to do better. I can't really, really like say you know, he's going to be like top three doctors. Like, you can't really set something like because every doctor is unique in its own way. So, like, compare them to a certain degree, it doesn't really make any sense just because everybody loves another doctor differently. But I think he's going to be good. I think Dave is going to give him clear direction. And with, I think he's going to. What we got with the, what we're getting with Gatwa and uh, Davis is gonna be better than what we got with Chibnall, Chibnall and uh, Whitaker. I would, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, I will, I definitely I will think... also bring up the accent. The whole accent yeah. thing was distracting to me just because when he popped up in Scottish, then it seemed Britishy, then he kind of went away, and it's like I yeah. really hope he just makes up mind on that. On, like, he kind of dropped into he, he kind of dropped into Nigerian, like a Nigerian accent to some it, degree. To, it, it was all over the place, and I just I if that happens in a real show, the full show, like I'm gonna lose my mind because that's gonna be so interesting. It could just be like that's how he talks, though. So I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna oh, if he has an accent, out. I'm okay with that. But he yeah. he flies five different accents in the show. That's gonna be yeah. distracting. I actually really okay like his accent. accent. As long as you have, yeah. yeah, but as long as it's one of them. But he had three of them in fifteen minutes. Yeah. Yep. No, and I definitely I can, think I this can, kid's got. I can, chalk, I can chalk that up to regeneration and the fact that he just here and he's finding his voice. I'm right. Okay with that, like. Yeah. For fifteen stand. But yep. but if he definitely flies through five different accents in an episode. It's gonna be distracting. Yeah, um, I definitely think this kid's got something interesting. He's got a certain quality that I couldn't even really what it is, but I was definitely way more interested. In, I I found myself just being like, you know, a lot of the the Whitaker stuff. Like, I don't think she's a bad actress. I just, and we talked about this a lot when we did. Oh yeah. Process. By no means do I think she's a bad actress, but. I just don't think that show ever did her any favors with how it was written, and they just didn't really give her that much to do. But, like, this kid's got, like, I had a hard time, you know, I can see why people are going to love this kid, because even oh, I yeah. had a hard time, like, I had a hard time taking my eyes off him when he was on the screen. I was like, and he's in a scene with other people. I was like, I just want to see what this kid's going to do. Like, you know, and he just has a certain quality where I was like, oh, Okay, I can see why they hired this guy then. Okay. Um, and thankfully, we won't have to wait that long, because as we record this, it is December 13th, and the Christmas show is 12 days from now. So um, we'll get to see his first full episode very soon. And then I, I think they've said, without giving it a specific date, that his his season will begin in early 24. I think so. I would bet like uh-huh. March, April, something like that. Uh, but I haven't seen anything with a specific date on it. Um, and I think we'll get his uh, the introduction of his companion, played by Millie Gibson. Um, so yep. that should be interesting. Ruby um, Rose. Yep. Ruby Sunday. Yep. And from from what I've seen in the you know trailers and photos and stuff, cute little blonde. So you know, I think. Uh, oh yeah, Davey, a little blonde. 
I approve. Davies is kind of going back to kind of going back to the you know might be uh, channeling Billy Piper here to some degree. I don't know. I'm sure it'll be a different character, but I I think you know maybe he's if it ain't kind of doing the if it ain't broke thing uh, with that. So I did see an interview, yeah. uh, an article with an uh, somebody interviewed Eccleston at a convention this past weekend after this thing came mm-hmm. out and asked him, you know, what would it take for you to come back? You know, cause I don't know that anybody has ever asked him that in however many years it's been. I've never seen anything where he was asked that. He basically yep. said, uh, fire Davies and fire all the higher ups that were involved with that show. When I was there, I would come back because a lot of them are mm-hmm. still there. Um, yeah, it basically, Basically, what I read kind of made it sound like that, like, in his mind, it was kind of an unprofessional set, and that's just why he couldn't stand it. Like, because he made a point to say, like, you know, I love the role, I love the role, I love playing it, I got along really well with Billy Piper, it wasn't anything having to do with her, but the whole, the oh, way yeah, the whole because thing I think was he, run was... He never, he never made it seem like it was... And like he wanted to do the role, but just the everything that yeah. was happening behind the scene. Because he never yeah, got just, to the point where you actually, when he seems like he regrets doing it. I just think yeah. he suffers from the fact that he was the first one. And probably he the did. way they handle the show, the higher handle the yeah. show is a lot different than that they do now. Yep. And he did. It seems I will, like I will say this. Do. I will say this. It's a shame he never got to work with more. I yeah, think Moffat would have written some pretty neat stories if he had Eccleston to work with. Yeah, I see he's done a bunch of the audio stuff in the last year or two. Um, I've listened to a couple of them. They're pretty good. Um, I mean, it's a whole different way of doing it. Like, you almost have to train yourself for a different kind of experience than watching the actual show, but they are pretty fun. So we will uh, come back to this in a little under two weeks, probably. Um, we might actually have a guest for the for the Christmas one, uh, with the understanding nice. that we don't that we don't record it right away because uh, you know it's on Christmas and stuff. So maybe it'll be something we do in early January. Um, but I have reached out to um, a friend of mine named Earl Green, who is. Uh, the producer for the mission log podcast. And he's in that discord group that I frequent over there. And he had mentioned some interest in maybe joining us for that. So we'll have to see. We've got somebody from one of the big time shows now. Um, we'll have to see if that comes to fruition or not. Um, so yeah, this was fun. I've been, I've really enjoyed the, the, the second tenant run. I wouldn't be surprised if, if, He's going to fairly regular viewing rotation once every couple of months, uh, you know, or once a year at least. Um, I did just get that giant box set, so I might just run through the whole thing again anyway. Um, so, and Corey hasn't yeah. seen a bunch of it, so that's my excuse. Um, so, because she started with Capaldi, she hasn't seen it. Not that you need prior. one. Not that you need one. No, but it, it gives it, you know, it gives it a different motivation if i'm watching it with somebody who hasn't seen it rather than me just going through it again um so yeah so um 
And will what what will we be doing in the near future? Uh, I do know that we have been talking about Gladiator, uh, be done sometime soon. Um, a bunch of us saw that movie, The Holdovers. We just haven't found time to do that yet. Yeah. Um, well, we're definitely going to try to do some version of the the New Year's Eve hangout show that we did last year. That was fun. Uh, Brendan calls that his favorite thing that we do now. Um, and we're obviously going to do hangouts always fun, yeah. Obviously, yeah. It was it was a good time. Um, so and we're definitely going to do the um the best and worst movies of twenty three as we've done the last two years. I would bet we'll probably do that in early January just so that people have time to see all the Oscar bait and shit. Um, but I'm debating that Iron Claw thing. I might go do that, but I'm not one hundred percent sure yet. Um. I'm definitely going to try to hit Aquaman next weekend, I think. And then it's weird because got, Christmas is uh, a... I'm not I'm not really free <laughs> until Christmas. Hey, I basically yeah, I I go off to I go off to work on Friday and I'm not I don't really stop until Christmas. So so okay, the gap well, between Christmas Christmas and New Year's I plan on yeah. uh, catching up with some movies, seeing uh, uh, Wonka, seeing Aquaman, and I don't even know what else we're playing. Yeah, we have that that Iron Claw thing starts around that time. I feel like there's probably something else. Uh, the I, I'm still kind of on the fence about Napoleon. I might actually go do it in a theater, even though the longer one's coming to Apple. Um but we'll see what what my schedule for next week or two looks like. Um, so yeah, I'll that was fun. Wait. I mean, I'm okay with <clears throat> and watching stuff twice, but uh, you know, watching it and you know, watching the hour longer version of it later, it's I'm I'd rather wait. Yeah, I usually like to put some time in between those, so like. If I went and saw it in a theater now, and then they released the longer one like a month later, I would like sit on the longer one for like three months. So I'd rather just wait. <laughs> so yeah, let me just shut the robot off and 